Hello, I'm Heather Olson, a child neurologist at Boston Children's Hospital with specialty in epilepsy genetics and neonatal neurology. I direct our CDKL5 clinic and parallel clinical research program. On behalf of my co-authors, today I'm presenting a podcast for the Journal of Developmental Medicine and Child Neurology on our recently published manuscript, Cerebral Visual Impairment in CDKL5 Deficiency Disorder, Vision as an Outcome Measure. We include video demonstration of the methods used for measuring visual acuity in our study. With regards to background, CDKL5 deficiency disorder, which we'll call CDD, is a severe developmental and epileptic encephalopathy with refractory epilepsy, onset typically in the first three months of life, severe global developmental delay and intellectual disability, hypotonia, abnormalities in sleep, autonomic dysfunction, movement, gastrointestinal function, and swallowing. Case series of CDKL5 deficiency disorder have demonstrated visual dysfunction including poor eye contact and lack of visual tracking, with the presumed mechanism of cerebral visual impairment, which we'll call CVI. Pattern reversal visual evoked potentials and visual acuity show abnormalities correlating with disease severity in a related developmental disorder, Rett syndrome, both in animal models and humans. CDD was initially identified as the early seizure variant of Rett syndrome, but has proved to be its own syndrome. CDKL5 null male and heterozygous female mice show abnormal vision with reduced acuity, reduced contrast sensitivity, and reduced visual evoked potential amplitudes. Thus, it is a potential translatable biomarker. There's an identified need for quantifiable outcome measures other than seizure frequency in CDD, particularly translatable outcome measures as the mouse models do not have spontaneous seizures at young ages and disease-modifying therapies are in development. Visual outcomes are a potential consideration. In this study, we aimed to characterize the neuro-ophthalmological phenotype of CDD and assess visual acuity as a reproducible quantitative outcome measure. Our hypothesis was that visual acuity, a quantifiable measure of visual function, is a valuable outcome measure correlating with disease severity. This study complements ongoing efforts through NINDS-sponsored natural history study of retin-related disorders, for which CDD is included, and the NINDS-funded clinical trial readiness study for CDD to study visual evoked potential waveforms in CDD in relationship to disease severity. This EP acuity differs from the VEP waveforms as it is primarily a measure of visual acuity. In this study, we evaluated 26 individuals meeting proposed criteria for CDD who were seen in both neurology and ophthalmology at Boston Children's Hospitals, one of the CDKL5 centers of excellence in the United States, and these individuals did not have another medical diagnosis increasing risk for visual dysfunction. Our cohort had a variety of genetic variants in the CDKL5 gene, including missense variants in the kinase domain, truncations and deletions throughout the length of the gene, all of which were de novo when inheritance information was established. Using a consensus definition, we assessed for cerebral visual impairment in those over two years of age. We assessed visual acuity by two methods used in individuals with developmental impairments, the preferential looking test and sweep visual evoked potentials. We demonstrate video of both of these methods in one of our patients. Preferential looking acuity is measured using teller acuity cards as shown in the video. Acuity was taken as a spatial frequency of the finest grading that the child detected. Visual acuity was also measured with the sweep visual evoked potential procedure, 
EEG electrodes recorded the cortical response to high contrast vertical sine wave gratings that swept from low to high spatial frequency during a 10 second trial. Acuity was estimated by linear extrapolation to the spatial frequency that produced a zero microvolt response. Both methods were done as part of routine clinical evaluation. The clinical and neurologic phenotype of our 26 patients with CDD evaluated at Boston Children's Hospital included 22 females, 22 individuals with ongoing refractory epilepsy, for four the epilepsy had resolved or was controlled, 26 individuals had generalized seizures, and of those, seven additionally had focal seizures. Global developmental delay was present in all 23 individuals evaluated at over one year of age. Developmental regression was noted in 15. Mobilization, crawling, or walking with or without support was achieved by 10. Pincer grasp or pressing switches was a skill present in 10. Purposeful communication with words, signs, or augmentative communication was present in 10 individuals. Cerebral visual impairment was diagnosed by ophthalmologists and neurologists in all 21 individuals who were over two years of age at last evaluation, and 24 of the total 26 individuals in the study based on history and examination. We confirmed that clinical diagnosis was consistent with the proposed consensus definition for childhood CVI as verifiable visual dysfunction, which cannot be attributed to disorders of the anterior visual pathways or any potentially co-occurring ocular impairment. Of the five individuals last evaluated at less than two years, two were reported to have age-appropriate vision at 1.3 years and three months of age, respectively, but one was later diagnosed with suspected CVI. None of the individuals had structural eye abnormalities, 10 had nystagmus, and 24 had strabismus. Visual acuity testing was completed in 24 of the 26 individuals with 1 to 11 consecutive visits between the ages of 4 months and 16 and a half years. This is a graph plotting visual acuity by the preferential looking test with age on the x-axis in a log scale and acuity on the y-axis with cycles per degree on the left and the Snellen equivalent on the right. Each dot is an individual measurement, and those connected by lines are an individual over time. In red are individuals who achieved mobility, independent or assisted, and in blue, those without mobility. Normal data is shown in gray with the mean and 95% confidence limits. Overall, the best visual acuity by the preferential looking method at two years of age or older had a median of 4.6 cycles per degree with a Snellen equivalent of approximately 20 over 130. Median visual acuity was higher in patients with ability to mobilize by walking or crawling with or without support, and in patients with less than daily seizures by simple linear regression. Adjusting for age of visual maturity of four years and sex, the mean preferential looking visual acuity for patients with independent or assisted mobility was 5.1 cycles per degree higher than in patients without mobility. One outlier, the red line at the bottom is a male with mobility with no response to preferential looking tests. There was not an association with mosaicism, sex, or resolution of epilepsy, but numbers were limited and may not have reached adequate power. Three of the four males, for example, had visual acuity in the lower end of the scale or not measurable by both methods. The fourth male was mosaic for his CDKL5 variant, meaning it was present in only a portion of his cells. This is a similar plot of sweep visual evoked potential acuities 
demonstrating improvement in parallel with typical visual development, especially in the first three years of life. Acuity overlapped with the lower end of the normal range in only three individuals. The best visual evoked potential acuity at two years of age or older was median 12.2 cycles per degree, with a Snellen equivalent of approximately 20 over 50. The sweet VEP acuity is expected to be higher than the preferential looking acuity, at least initially, and they may equalize over time, but this was seen in only a small subset of our population. Plotting parallel preferential looking and sweet visual evoked potential acuities for each patient when tested with both measures on the same day demonstrated a gap of greater than one octave higher sweet visual evoked potential acuity consistently in this population over time. With regards to conclusions and implications of our work, the ophthalmologic phenotype in CDKL5 deficiency disorder is consistent with cerebral visual impairment. Visual acuity can serve as a quantifiable outcome measure and is readily measured by two independent methods suitable for a population with developmental impairment. It additionally correlated with gross motor skills. Findings are comparable to other populations with developmental disability without ophthalmologic disorders, in many of which CVI is also diagnosed. Further work is needed to validate these tools as outcome measures and assess relationship to disease severity, seizures, medications, and other clinical factors. We anticipate that visual acuity will serve as a meaningful non-seizure outcome measure for future disease-specific clinical trials. I invite you to read our manuscript for further information and interpretation of our results. Please do not hesitate to contact us with any questions as well. Thank you.